I was just saying. I don't care about your opinion. I just well, I'll think... tell you what I think. What's that you say? Would you just listen? I don't think so. Remember, ladies, one must not get one's knickers in a twist. I just... Please listen. I'm trying to help you. Listen. I don't think so. Excuse me. Well, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Hey. Hey. Listen. Shut up and listen. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Listen with me, Gloria Swanson. I'm just kidding. Um, Heather Matarasso. Um, that is my name, unless I decide to change it. Um, I doubt that's going to happen. Um, unless I become like Madonna. And I only say that because I'm looking at a book on my coffee table that um, I got for my love, which is all of her quotes. I haven't looked at it yet. Anyway, hi. Um, so <clears throat> before we even get started, I just want to, again, like I'm, I'm so grateful for all of you guys that listen. I mean, the truth is I can't even keep up with the fuckery that is going on in this country, in the world. Um, you know, if you haven't already, you know, and if you have a dollar, two dollars, you know, A, do not donate to the Red Cross. Do some research, but like donate a dollar, two dollars, five dollars to like help aid, you know, individuals in Puerto Rico right now. The fact that something like the goddamn motherfucking Jones Act is the only thing that's keeping aid from going to fucking Puerto Rico um, is disgusting. So, um, and for those of you that don't know, and I'm sure that all of my listeners are very smart and you guys all do know that Puerto Rico is part of the fucking United States of America. It's FYI. (sighs) Okay. With that, switching gears, um, and I'm sure that maybe it'll go back to this at some point in some way. Everything always comes full circle. But I have not one lovely woman here. I have two. Um, So, and obviously this is not a scripted podcast. Um, And I met the, the... first woman that I'm going to introduce through the second woman that is here, um, who's also my love. So what I got to witness, um, Nicole Blaine on stage and uh, I, I, I really don't know that I've ever identified more with a comic on stage just as an audience member, because I'm not a comedian in that sense. Um, I could never do stand up. I'd kill myself, um, from humiliation, but you know, this like Nicole Blaine is, I think probably aside from Heather Terman. And I really do say this wholeheartedly. Um, but like Nicole, I think is probably one of the most underrated comics, um, around. And I think that she, has such brilliant delivery. And on top of that, um, her material is so intimate 
And that's something that I love. I love that when you're able to put a, um, I would say, Irish humor spin on what otherwise you might drink yourself to death over. (laughs) And so, Nicole, Blaine, um, welcome. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that was really cool. Thanks. (laughs) Well, I love that you were like underrated. I was like, I don't even think I'm rated. Like, I think you have to like, I'm not even on any radar. I love it. No, but I'm learning something because I just recognize that it's a word that, um, that it's not underrated. It is Un- under, <laughs> underutilized, underutilized, um, which I think is the case for anybody that has a vagina, mm-hmm. um, besides getting fucked. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that you are probably one of the most underutilized comics that, and just talents. Like I, I just think that like your 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 humor is so sharp and right up my alley. And and also, I think the thing that <clears throat> I I love and respect and appreciate is the fact that it's authentic and it's honest, which is difficult. I feel for most humans and. I feel quite, quite a bit of performers, but definitely comedians that it takes a rare individual, um, to be brave enough to say, this is it, this is what you got, because this is my story and this is my experience. Um, and being able to make it relatable and identifiable and giving people permission to laugh um <clears throat> even in those moments that they don't know if it's okay to give yeah and i try to give them permission to feel okay in those moments yeah literally <laughs> i use the word permission um but it's interesting i love that you feel like you can relate to it because and i've talked to heather your love who's sitting right next to us a lot about my relatability because it always it really freaked me out for years because i felt like well who can relate to this because what 85 percent of my jokes are about being a mom and so to hear you say to me that you relate to it i'm like really you know and i've been coming to grips with going and and i open with that joke all the time because it I have to, like, I've always felt like I have to have that opening, which is, Hey, any parents out here? And like, you get that like low spattering of applause and I go, okay. And then my follow up is like anyone who has or had a parent. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. We're all on the same page. And so I am so excited that you say that you relate to it. Cause I still in my head, it's one of my biggest insecurities is who am I talking to? Hi. (laughs) Um, it's Heather too. I, here's what you have. Well, here's what it is, is that not that, not everybody is a parent, but you treat parenthood. It doesn't, it doesn't become a new identity. It's part of your identity. And so you go up there and you are still the person you've always been. Plus you have kids. And so it's just in the same way that somebody like me has, um, you know, 
different various characters coming in and out of my life that are like, Ugh, you again. <laughs> There's, <laughs> It's not the same, of course, but you do it in such a way that we, you allow us into your world where we get to say, oh, she's telling the story and then it's, shit, I'm also responsible for this human life. Throw that in the mix. Like, we, we're there with you. You know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah, and, and and with that too, I feel like there's, um, and you and I, Heather, were, were talking about this. It's always so weird to use your name. Um, <laughs> um, we don't have to yeah, I know. Except for when it's just like, God damn it, Heather. And I'm like, you were me. And you're like, that was to me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's always to me. It's always to me. Um, because I, I will always, I will speak to myself in the third person on occasion. I can understand why that confuses Heather. Yeah. And just be like, God damn it, Heather, just get it together. Mm-hmm. Like, sh- just, which, and Book then I'm scores. like, oh, I'm talking to myself and not talking to you. Um, no, I'm just always, um, more reminding you that I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that to you or to me? <laughs> I thought so. You okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because like if I ever, I I would never talk to anybody I was with like that. Um, yeah, <clears throat> just made me think of Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. Anyway, um, <clears throat> no, like obviously I don't have children. I do have animals, but like mm-hmm. there's no children in the mix. Um, and and your comedy definitely reminds me. Yeah, I have no desire to have children. Yeah, yeah, um, it can help you with birth yes. control. Yeah, You're you welcome. you are a human form of yeah. birth control. Thank yeah. you for I'm that. Told that often daily <laughs> uh, by my husband. <laughs> <laughs> but but with that too, you know, here's the thing that I feel is so beautiful. You know. It, I've never heard you get on stage and like complain about your kids. Right. So like Roseanne or her shtick, you know, was like domestic goddess, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and like the cancer brats and whatevs. And you getting to see the reality of trying to guide. I don't even want to say parent. I'll say navigate. Navigate. I'm a navigator in this family. (gasps) Cause that's what I feel like I'm doing. Cause I also have to figure out what works for each kid, which is totally different. And, and the stories that you share are, are, are so beautiful. Um, and, and so honest and, and also the, the joke that you, you talk about the, the, the joke that you, um, talk about regarding like, your daughter and your son and consent and ba 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 and like se- yeah, yeah sexual consent mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. like they could be a girl mm-hmm. that that's actually really a boy mm-hmm. or a, a boy that's a ba 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 and it it's I just see you doing something that like I don't see other people doing and I think that it's um. <clears throat> I love people that are willing to take risks, but it doesn't seem like a risk in the sense of, and that's where the authenticity comes from. You know what I mean? Where it's like, this is all I have. Yeah. This is it. Like I can make dick and fart jokes Mm -hmm. and like whatever the fuck, you know? Um, but this is my life and 
And really, honestly, it's... It, it, it's just it's no bullshit like it's no bullshit it's the sense of it's like your even your joke about the maid and the eye mask which is one of the jokes that i first saw you do like when we first met like it's like a joke that i've been watching for years and and it gets better and better and the delivery gets better and better and even the layers even though it's told the same way suddenly get more with the social commentary the, the the political climate changing it it but there's no bullshit in the sense where it's you know uh you can talk about sex with your husband and having young children in the same sentence because you are a woman and you are not one or the other and so it's yeah you fucks who think like that you can't fuck a you're, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing, right? They think that a woman loses her sexuality when she has children. No. Like, and that's what's so beautiful. And that's, I guess that's just what I mean with no bullshit is that you don't, like I said at the top where really, like you don't become, you didn't lose a part of yourself in order to gain the other. You legitimately just grew the other part. And so like you've expanded, mm-hmm. right? Like she's, you're an expansive, an expanded human versus like, a lot of people who have children and they lose a part of self in order to give to that other being like that other being takes it right and if if you think about it like that but really yeah like you didn't lose self and so it's just no bullshit it's just like you know (laughs) the cancer thing I don't want to give away your material on the thing but needing a little bit of cancer just to survive parenthood is such a great line (laughs) you got to look up Nicole Blaine's fantastic. That's all. No, I've in, what's, I appreciate all this incredible feedback, but you know what it reminds me of? Because it's like, what? You guys like these jokes so much? That's You're my two people now. Um, but it reminds me back when um, I would listen to interviews with like some famous writer or director and be like, when, when you did this, what did it symbolize to you? And they were like, you know, it was just, you know, a snake in the grass. And you're like, no, but did it symbolize the devil? And they were like, like, did it to you like I love hearing your yeah because you you're I love hearing you describe me to me where I'm like wow I sound awesome I didn't put all like I didn't okay but um but thank you and yes I I always I think you're right though about losing something with with motherhood and I and it's interesting because I'll get asked, well, oh, why did you start stand up? And it's interesting. I feel like I wish I had started it forever ago mm-hmm. when I was in my twenties, mm-hmm. and I'm upset that I started it as late as I did, which was after having I was pregnant with my second kid when I tried it for the first time. So I was 34, and I'm upset it took me to that long to try it. But I'm like, I really didn't have as much to say, mm-hmm. and I feel like for me, they have given me. They've made me better. They've they've challenged me personally at home um, as a human. They've tested me in ways no one's ever tested me, you know. And and I feel like they've given me something to think about. So they so they've and this is why you've expanded. So they've helped you to learn because because this whole thing like you only know self in relationship to other. I'm just mm-hmm. like obsessed with all these like ideas that have been flooding the world my mind this apartment lately (laughs) um you you only know self in relationship to other and so instead of because here's the thing right a lot of times a parent 
um, only know self in, at, in relationship to what are they, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? Right. Whereas yours is, this is what you learn about you through them. And so you, like I said, expand, you've become a greater human, a more, just a, a more expansive human being. You've grown having had children. Versus contracted, having had children. And I would say, too, and again, I'm not a mother um, that I know of. Um, <laughs> um, you know, but it, 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 like, you and I were talking about this um, the other day. And for those of you that are psychic, I'm, I'm talking to Heather. Um I keep on forgetting that this isn't like visually recorded so people can't see what I'm doing. Um, Where not, and I had said, you know, not every mother is maternal, Mm -hmm. but every maternal being is a mother. Mm -hmm. It's funny because when you said I'm not a mother and I was going to interrupt, but like, I felt like you were having a moment. I was like, but you always have striked me as maternal. Yes, You are so maternal. Uh, Um, it oozes out of you. Oh, oh, f- for sure. You have done things that I think are so interesting. So you've never met my daughter. No. Yet I feel like you have. Hmm. And for whatever reason, I don't know, whenever I talk about her, like I feel like you get very connected mm-hmm. to her through me mm-hmm. where most people don't. And you talk about, I could talk about my kids all the time and no one connects with me, but you've always really been like, I don't know. I feel like you get her yeah. and you haven't met her, but yeah. I'm like, I sometimes forget you haven't. And there was, and I know exactly when it was. So I, you'd come over and I told you a story about something that happened yes. to her. Yes. That was like for her, a big deal yes. at school. And you were like super attentive to what I was saying. So I was like, Oh, I had this motherhood moment and I shared it with the two Heathers. And, um, and then I saw you whenever it was later and mm-hmm. you like checked right back in. You're like, what happened with the blah, blah, blah. And that was at the restaurant. It was at the restaurant. Was she- I think it would either way. Yes. Yes. You just decide you don't. The second children get brought up. She ha- you have such an empathy for children. Yeah. And you, but you connect and you said it like, so what was the end of the story? Like as if it had happened yesterday. <laughs> and I had I, like, I've already, I'd, needed to be reminded what you said and it was it was a very big deal for yeah. her and how to handle mm-hmm. it was going to shape her and who she is and yes. yada yada and i felt really like you were you had her back in a deep way am i crazy or no, am i right no I'm absolutely right. you were on it you you really like i felt like you got her through my story of it and um Yes, like I've, she is like I, and I just walk around the house saying like, you're the most loving person I've ever met in my life. Heather is the most loving individual. You're going to ruin my reputation. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's real love (laughs) is that, you know, you're, you're also the most no bullshit. You're also the most no bullshit, but that's the thing is that you're an incredibly loving individual. I, and I was just going to mention, you know. I've never seen somebody pick up on in somebody's pain or anything and just, you, you always, you just, you are. I, I can cite so many personal experiences, but I'm only going to mention that the one time I had witnessed you, um, it does shine through and stuck the film that I worked on Heather with. There's a 
child in it and you're those are such beautiful scenes two, two of the best scenes of the movie are you and the 11 year old girl and also nicole's son nicole's son yes sure nicole's son is in it oh yeah that's so fucking true and he's so fucking cute but like but that's what i was gonna say the other um you know the director of that film's daughter we were at her house one evening and she had woken up from a nightmare and heather sat in this room and it was like that thing where me and the director were like outside and we were cleaning up for the night to go home see she's stinky from her new food my dog um tag along i know she stinks um not digesting it well anyway so uh so i apologize nicole we i I just i saw you my love i saw you through it's like i walked into the kitchen and through window like glass pane it's french doors with glass i saw you sitting in the other room and it's like that thing when you see someone through a window sitting with somebody having a conversation and the child the the girl was spilling her guts to you about the dream and it was so like you know parents all over the world are just like okay go to bed or you can sleep with me and you're like tell me about the dream and you sit down and you connect and you make a child feel valid and that is what you do too and that's what nicole does also but here's what's interesting Uh, not that we want i want to say this heather about you yes and i pick up but you also you've done it with me Mm. you i wonder sometimes i'm like i bet you heather is gonna leave go home and feel exhausted because you take on Mm. you you so you're so empathetic Mm. and is that the right word because there's like you i empathic Empath- you are an, you are an empathic like isn't that like a like a type of person like a like a personality thing like you are an empath and so it does make sense as an actor but like i felt i always feel like you you give me permission all the time you'll stop me and be like nicole and you feel with me like one yeah. of like these moments where you're like come <clears throat> on don't yep. run away from it yep. and i feel like you and you'll do that with me and mm-hmm. you've done it through me with my kid mm. you know and you did it with my neighbor at my party and she still is always like i love her like you helped her in a moment that was really important to her my neighbor went through one of the biggest tragedies of her life yeah yeah and you just met her in a night and we're like i get you and like yeah. you didn't mind about the party yeah. and all the people and you yeah. could have been schmoozing with whoever and all the people like and you hook in and you i, I some so like i i um, we were the last ones to leave. Yeah. But I imagine that you must go home. Do you get depleted by it? Because that's an interesting thing. Like, do people who take that on so much go home and get invigorated or exhausted? Well, I, I, I'll say this. Um, I feel as though I had to have enough experiences in my life. Um, in regards to quote unquote, emotional, spiritual vampires where I didn't recognize that I was being depleted because I grew up with an emotional vampire. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up with one that, um, my supply was beyond exhausted, but I didn't even recognize that it was my supply. Are you making that phrase up? Because it's great. I've never heard of it. An emotional vampire? Yeah, emotional is that, vampire. Is that a real thing? I mean, yeah, like emotional vampire, it's spiritual so vampire. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Somebody that just like sucks yeah. you dry. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I feel just for me, you know, like in my experience of just even like being a woman mm-hmm. where we're taught to give a lot, not expect a lot in return, you know, be endlessly giving and God forbid you set a boundary. That means that you're a cunt. It means you're a bitch. It means mm-hmm. all these things and getting to be available and getting to be open. And I did that also for a time <clears throat> quite selfishly. And this was when I think I was in my, in my early to mid twenties where the underneath there was a fear underneath that if I didn't do this, it meant that I wasn't a good girl. And if I wasn't good, that meant that I wasn't going to balance out how disappointed the old white male Republican with the beard in the sky was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Yeah, and that's not to say that like I I wouldn't have like genuine moments and genuine connections with other people and like really actually desire to be there. However, it really did fall under the the auspice of AA, or at least the version of AA that I was in, mm-hmm. which was your feelings don't matter. If you don't feel good, if you don't like how you're feeling, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling this, you're being selfish and you're being self-centered. So you need, so you need to go out and help someone. Well, to be clear, the version of AA that I was in, you know, it's, I know, well, well, I'm, it's, you take the Bible, right? I know Some, nothing about that world either. Well, well, <laughs> religion. There's many different versions of the Bible. There's Jehovah's uh, Witness, the Mormon Bible. Yeah, the, where it's yeah, yeah and and also Mark, you can just right. take the Bible. There's like the King James version. And this was there's their interpretation. Stuff. Yes, their Whoever interpretation. Was it or whatever the culture there is of that no, group there was. is no leader. It's it's what happened is the same thing that happens. I mean, this is every religion and every branch and every. I mean, this is everything, right? It's a restaurant concept. It's food. How food changes. How somebody says, I like that, but I'm going to put a spin on it. It's that. It's like, this is Christianity. Meh, guess what? I think that this this part I don't believe is the same. This part I don't believe is the same. So this is this new version of the Bible, and it's your, it's your foundation. But I've taken this story, and I've decided to say that, um, you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are not separate or, or all one, not versus like Jehovah's Witnesses think they're all three separate things. You know what I mean? So those are the varying um, depictions. It's like that. Yeah. So like it, it's just a version. So so I was so I would invest myself in ways um, that were very very fear based, and and that was that was also something that I'd been raised with too. A certain degree in in the sense of um if I had a feeling my feelings were hijacked and it became about their that person and their feelings so I always had to make sure that everyone else was okay so that I could be okay did you feel like 
this was a place that you like it was at an AA place so it was a culture of the place and you interpreted it and everyone interpreted it oh, this no, no, no. way or this it, is what I, you took away I, from no, it no I mean it, it, it again it um <clears throat> I, I, I feel like that, that a there's like so much that goes into it and I feel like it, it it's kind of like veering from that the point where where essentially it's and again I've said this before on my podcast and other episodes you know, AA helped me a tremendous deal. Like it helped me a lot, just like Christianity helps people a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, like Catholicism, Christianity, like, you know, most Christians, I don't think would go over to the Fred Phelps camp, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but it doesn't mean they're not going to call themselves Christian. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's, Mm -hmm. um, people interpret how they interpret and there's very strict adherence. There's very loose adherence. There's do this, don't do that. That's what I think this means. You know, just like Heather was saying and where, where I was at that time, the, the group that I, I had belonged to, it was very old school, very by the book. Mm -hmm. Um, and very, your feelings don't matter. If you're, you can have a pity party for two seconds and then go help someone else, which in wow. theory yeah, is great, you know, however, the, that's like, I, I think that there's something potentially dangerous within that. And, and I think there's something very dangerous with, and again, this isn't just to be clear and I, I need to finish this thought, um, that you know in 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 any branch in any walk of life in any kind of thing again things are not going to be fucking perfect and i don't want to sound like a fucking apologist but i also don't want to sound like i'm vilifying an institution and i also don't want to sound like i'm fucking like praising it and like whatever and they can do no fucking wrong you know, there is a gray area, but I do think that there is also something dangerous about individuals that will tell people that are newly sober, just getting sober, <clears throat> that um, they just need to go through the steps. And even after they've gone through the steps and they're feeling depressed, saying, well, and they're, let's say, given that suggested they take antidepressants and being told, well, no, I don't like, no, like just, just do the steps. I think that there's something inherently, inherently dangerous in that, in that sense. It can be. And again, it's not AA as a whole, it's individual members. So just like the Catholic church itself is not a pedophile, it doesn't mean that there aren't pedophiles within the Catholic church. And it comes down to... That's all I'm saying. Literal, it comes down to literalists. People who take... People who can't... It's the black and the white. It's the, this says this and, and this is the way it is. Versus <clears throat> everything, everything in the world is so complicated. So you talk about all those teachings. And I... Did, I when I met you, mm-hmm. you were sober. Yes. But... And to be clear, you're decision to no longer be sober um was something you'd been thinking about a long time you made slow whatever whatever and that's your experience whatever do you want to i'm sorry 
No, why? No, no, no. I'm sorry. We don't edit. We don't edit this show. Sorry. It's either all or nothing. But just, but just, you know, it, it's something that it's not like it was this thing of like, da, 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 but either way, that's like a personal thing. The point is this, is that, um, I can see the positives on a daily basis that were instilled. And Nicole just mentioned it where you talked about always like even the ability, even just, and I, I'm sure you were always this way, but just checking in on others. And you talk about your childhood and I know that that is part of it, but you're keenly aware yet. Here's where I was just going to say that it's, um, or that it's very, what's detrimental when you go black and white and you go literal is, is the sense of your, if, if it's, you shouldn't be feeling bad, you know, it will make you feel bad to be to serve of service to others. That can be true most of the time. Cause sometimes you are, and you do get to that place and, and you get to go, wait a second. And you go, I'm, I am doing X, Y, and Z and avoiding X, Y, and Z. And what I needed the whole time was to, but here's but here's the difference, right? The difference is the the making a decision based out of fear, making versus yes. a decision make, made, made out, out of, of desire. Well, and self though, or an intuitive self. feeling. Yes, and betraying self though, that's the truth. In the sense of when you're faced in a situation that's this doesn't necessarily. Fe- I feel badly about this argument with my significant other. Mm -hmm. But instead of telling them the ways in which they hurt my feelings, I'm going to ask what I, what did I do? Because I'm going to be to service of them. I'm going to put the focus back on them. What that does is that denies yourself the feelings that you naturally have. And that's what I mean with like betrayal of self and, um, and that, whereas if you honor your feelings first and foremost, always, and allow yourself to have them. Oftentimes you do get to circle back and go, oh, and you're great at this. This was the feeling and this is why I'm having it. Yes. It could not be directly related to said argument with significant other. Yeah, or, for sure. Or any other. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's always being aware. And, and, and Nicole, to like, to answer your question, you know, <clears throat> If I'm being completely like a hundred percent honest, and again, guys that are listening to this podcast, I know I talk about this all the time, but again, it's my fucking experience. Um, <clears throat> and I actually get to stop because also FYI, um, and I know that this is airing tomorrow, but you know, the individuals that have been sending me those beautiful messages on Twitter, like in my DM, I know that I read them. And I apologize that like, I haven't gotten back to you. Um, I'm actually not even going to promise that I am going to get back to you because I might not. However, I just want to let you know and convey that I, I do read your messages and they make me weepy with gratitude. Um, and, and I receive your words, um, completely and wholly and humbly. Um, in the most beautiful sense of that word. Um, I'm honored. Thank you. So, but the, the, the point is, is that, you know, 
I had had this experience um, last October where I met with this doctor um, to do an MDMA session to deal with my sex trauma and PTSD. And I had tried ayahuasca. I had done that and that had helped, but it hadn't been the thing, the zhuzh. Um, What's the, the MD? Blah, blah, blah? The MDMA. Yeah, tell me what it is. Um, is it a brain? Is it where they they hook you up with the brain? Oh thing? no no no! Oh. So like Molly ecstasy, it's like MDMA is pure the form. pure form ecstasy. Pure form ecstasy. Yes, with like a therapist sitting next to you. Yes, and so you trip and they walk you, talk you and, through it. Uh, and I will not even say trip because I feel like trip is a loaded word yeah and and i know nothing about this so yeah. educate me so blank slate uh, and, and mention how it's like a legit no thing, like, i i know yeah. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so in love with you um so <clears throat> long story very short for everyone involved um you know I had not been able to have an orgasm. I had not been able to... Even by yourself? Nope. Oh, my God. Especially really? by myself. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. I know. Still working so through for it. For years? For years? Yeah. For years and years. Did, and you used to be able to have them? No. Okay, so you'd never... Never. Had, you've never had them, to your knowledge. Because you want to know why that's interesting? No, I have a good friend who was like, I don't think I've ever orgasmed. And I was like, you know, sometimes I have kind of weak ones. You know, maybe I might have been like, was that one? And I'm familiar with it enough that I'm like, it was. Yeah, but I feel like it's also like when people are getting ready to have their dog die. Yeah. And it's like, how do I know? And it's like, that the dog's you'll know. Dying? You'll know. They'll give you a look you'll know. Yeah, no, I mean... And yeah. so I feel like it's the same thing you with know. orgasm where it's yeah. like, well, maybe I had one. Did I have one? And they're like, if you're questioning whether or not you've had an orgasm, you haven't. True. You'll know. Yeah, you'll know. You'll... And you'll yeah. That's yeah. It's like an earthquake. You're like, it wasn't a small tremor. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And so I... <laughs> it's... Oh, God. Um... So many things to talk about. Thank you. Uh, did we not want to get into this? No, no, I'm no, oh, no. totally open to tell you about listen, my orgasm no. experience. Listen, I will I, share. Yes, I want to fucking hear it. Yeah, I'll tell you about mine. Uh, well, I can't tell you about mine. That's actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you as soon as I have it. But I will say this. We'll circle back. No, <laughs> but I like. But I will say this. Hmm. Um. <clears throat> And I say this like with love and I like know that like I'm, I'm not this kind of person. Um, but a, I've never had more sex in my life than, than I currently. Have. Yeah. With Heather. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to defend my masculinity. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the, the thought of like the orgasm thing comes up and it's just like, well, like my partner's in the room and people are, I don't want her to. Feel Most women inadequate. don't have orgasms. Don't yeah. worry. No, but here, yeah. but, but, here's, but they have plenty of sex. But like this is, you know, and I made it like my fucking job to get one to like, yeah, yeah. like to have one. 
but it almost the, reminds me of women who are like, I have to have a baby. And then they put so much pressure on it. And you're like, you're not going to get pregnant with that. Intent. Yeah, but, but the truth is, is that like when I was in my body fully, it felt like I was in prison. Huh. Um, oh. And severe trauma, yeah, like yeah. severe, severe trauma. And I had been working with like therapist after therapist and um. I had hit like a quote unquote glass ceiling and my therapist had suggested ayahuasca and it took me two years before I said like, yes, I'm willing to try this because Mm -hmm. um, there had been a lot of success with veterans that had suffered from PTSD, working with that plant spirit medicine, um, women that had suffered like severe sex trauma, either as children or as uh, survivors of rape or what have you, or individuals that had suffered from extreme depression, which was something that I also had. Um, and I, I just had like memories come back up the other day that I was sharing with Heather. Um, if you can't tell guys, my relationship is really honest and and open. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I, I had had these memories where I remembered the walking, down the stairs of Union Square Station in New York and literally having to hold on to um, the the stair railing to keep from jumping in front of a train. Like there was something within me, like higher self, future self, whatever you want to call it, and like the Einstein... There is no such thing as time. Everything that's ever happened is happening, will happen, is happening now. Mm -hmm. But there was something within me that allowed me to even grab onto that handrail that kept me from jumping. Mm -hmm. And I'd completely forgotten about it until like a few days ago. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that I'd gone on this like really long, big fucking motherfucking journey. And the ayahuasca thing helped a tremendous deal, but... Still had the thing with like no orgasm, no desire to have sex in like a friendship without benefits, romantic relationship. Um, and still kind of felt like my body was a prison. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine last August had suggested, well, there's this doctor that I know that that does work with MDMA. And I'd never taken MDMA at this point. Again, like I'd never taken a hallucinogen, an entheogen. I'm sober at this point. Um, And I was like, okay, yes, sure, I'm willing. And so in October, in October, it'll be a year, I I went and I met with this man. And it, it changed my life. Like it unequivocally, absolutely fucking changed my life. Um the trauma that my body knew that I had experienced because to be like perfectly blunt and honest and candid, and I think I maybe have been on this podcast, maybe I haven't. Um, but it either felt like when I was having sex with somebody as though either I was getting raped with glass or, um, my body would start to go numb mm-hmm. and shake. You'd detach. Uh, not no. even detach, but like detach, like like, um, like a frozen, like a tremor, like a like a freeze 
though into the future like a future freeze Do you, I, I, no, I'm speaking. Uh, wait. I know you know what I mean by that, but I realize that that's never mind. Okay. Yeah. So essentially, it would be like, the, and this is like I've had this experience with Heather, who like, I could not ask for like a better partner, lover, like receiver and holder of space, and in regards to, you know something hits and all of a sudden it's like my body is experiencing the trauma like it was happening then even though it's past um because there's a thing that you know in in terms of like ptsd especially when it relates to sex trauma that animals um if a lion goes after a baby gazelle right and sinks its teeth into its neck and the gazelle lies on the floor and it looks like it's dead, right? And then the lion goes off because he's like, I'm going to, I, I got to get silverware before I can have this meal. Um, and when the lion's going to get silverware, the gazelle gets up, shakes off the trauma mm. and runs. With human beings, there is no shake off. It literally becomes, quote unquote, stuck. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it, it becomes almost imprinted. Um, so when I went to see this guy, it absolutely fucking changed my life. I had memories come up that confirmed everything. She never knew exactly what, of course, occurred. She only had hunches and she only knew what she felt. And so when you only know what your body feels, but you have no memories because her body was protecting her. So every time a similar experience or she's, you know what I mean? You have to think of like, it's like, you know, I was in an accident in a car with a guy on a motorcycle. When a motorcycle speeds past the car, immediately, right? You have those. So you have to think if you have sex trauma like that, you're going to desire like any adult human would to have sex. And then when stuff starts happening, you're going to wonder why you don't seem to have the same experience with sex that other people do. Or you can't seem to understand why you don't feel anything or severe severe pain. And then you have an experience like that and you and it confirms <clears throat> everything. Because what what does the MDMA do? It it triggers the – there's great articles about it where it's going to be legal by, they say, 2021, they think, um, well. for treatment, knock on wood. Um, because what it does is that part of your brain that recognizes um, the threat in that way that normally would shut you the fear off. Response is, the fear response is turned off, so you're able to look at – past trauma without being without shutting down so you can face it yeah wow okay literally walk me through this you go into i'm serious you go into an appointment and this amazing man says here take this so no so it's so it 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 came in a pill form a what form a, a pill pill form and him and i had had an extensive talk 
before I met with him and he asked what my intention was. Like over the phone. Yeah. Like, like why did I, yeah. Why did I want to go and do this? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was very, very clear and I was very, very honest. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> I think there was a part of me for a very long time that felt as though, because Because nobody else has been in my body. Yeah. Like, because. Yeah. Um, and a long time, you know, for a long time, Alanya Van Sant talk, calls it like NDD, neck down dead. Mm-hmm. Like I was neck down dead. Mm-hmm. And I would have, you know, done handstands naked in the middle of Times Square in order to. To turn it on. And, and turn it on and turn it on and have it feel good. Yeah. And, um, so spoke with him at length on the phone a few times before I went up to see him. And then when I went up to, when I went up the day of the appointment, I had no idea what to expect. You know, I'd just gone through a breakup and everything in my life was changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was terrified but also like at that, at the same time, I, I really desired to have my body back. Like I, like I've, I just, I want it back. And you trusted this guy. Um, like I know that's a weird question, but I do feel like meeting someone for the first time and something like, especially regarding sex and you'd never met him other than on the phone. Like you were ready to take a Well, because you know, the, the, the individual that had suggested it, you know, I, I trusted Mm -hmm. implicitly, you know, um, I'm not, I'm probably the least trusting person you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. Like I don't trust at all. Um, maybe because of all that trauma. Maybe Maybe. a little bit. Um, a little bit. <laughs> I don't know because of all we talked about, you know. But 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 the truth is, is that like I was really, I was I was done. Like fuck this shit. Yeah. Like fuck it. I'm like I'm do fucking done. Yeah. Um. And like this needs to work. So you took this pill. At what point? Like you walk in and he just hands it to no, you. No, and no, you no, have, no, like, no, 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 no. You sit down and oh. and. Oh, it's a whole yeah, therapy. like yeah, it's like a seven hour seven hours session. Seven hours. Yeah, and. Um, we talked beforehand and again, like about the intention and whatever, and he's there the whole time. And like, was it at hour one or two? He gave you that pill. Probably within like the first 45 minutes, because again, like very clear in terms of what I'm doing. How long does it take to work? Half hour. Um, and I started to feel things. And again, for me, when I'm in my body and what I'm feeling, is when shit happens that is not good. Um, like when I'm in my body and I'm starting to feel good mm-hmm. is when terror comes and I think I'm going to die. Interesting. Like that's what it is. So like, did that moment come yeah, into play it, quickly? It came into, it not only came into play though, mm-hmm. I got to have memories of the origin that you'd not had before that I'd not had because the body it protects you your your fear um, what did you call it the fear 
your either whatever it is, your bodies and freeze. Right. But in the same way that people block out things and it's, it's that same way. It's a blackout. It's a, yeah. So, you know, you block that stuff out and when Uh, that medicine shuts that part of your brain down, you're able to recall things you wouldn't normally be able to otherwise. Was it out of body experience? Like where you're looking down and you see it? No. How was like, how did you feel? What happened? Do you mind that I'm asking? No, I don't mind that you're asking. I'm going to keep it in a very, I'm going to keep it in a very general way because it's, um, share what you feel comfortable. I I will. Um, and then I promise I'll share too. I just had the, I, I had the experience of having a very specific memory come up of getting raped, um, and having my vagina violated and getting to feel the energy even behind that. And I know that there's, there's that rape is rape. And, and I know that, you know, most times when people think of rape, they think of the sexual aspect. So they think that there is like a, some kind of thing. Um, I, and I wish I could put it, like a no, okay. no, Sorry. that it's sexual in nature mm-hmm. where it's, I want you and I want to have sex with you and I'm going to have sex with you, whether you like it or not. Right. And this, um, was more of a branding in a sense of um, no one is going to be touching her vagina. Like it was, it was almost like a, I'm trying to get very, very clear. Where if, if my vagina and like my cervix were what held my soul, Mm-hmm. it was that is no longer yours it's mine oh. and it was that energy was hateful um so there was no sexual equivalent to that it literally was just i hate you and this is the only w- way with which that i get to express that and not only that um, yeah, like literally, and again, <sighs> rape of a child, the inappropriate touching of a child, you know, is, is, it's all a stealing of innocence. Um, and I think that, and it, it's, it's all incredibly violent. And I think that there are also, and this is not to minimize anybody's experience and please know that when I say this like please know that there is a lecherous slow stealing of innocence where it's we're going to keep this a secret and I'm going to come into your room and ba 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 and there is like a violent 
I see your innocence and I hate you for it. And I'm going to take that from you. And now it is mine, which means that you are mine by default. I've taken your personhood. Like that's what it was. Like that's what it was. It was, um, there's nothing loving about it. And I don't think that there's anything loving about any kind of molestation or fucking anything like that. However, just the difference in tone of this is going to be our little secret versus when you feel a rage so deeply from another person. It's interesting to if me. that makes sense. It does. Well, I'm sorry. I, I love all of everything you're saying. So I appreciate you like even having this dialogue with me. And it's interesting because, you know, I tell a date rape joke, which I, which I'm the one that laughs the hardest. You are my biggest fan of my day. I love that date rape joke. And I love it too. And the first time you told it live at Shannon's show at whatever, or that was the first time, right? It was close to one of the first yeah. times. And I was like, holy shit. It's so good. And the way you turn consent on the room mm-hmm. is perfect. Now, and that's interesting. Like, so thank you for sharing. But my, and my rape stories are so different because it wasn't. Is that what we're doing here? Are we going to trade we, rape stories? Are all of us going to trade rape stories? We could totally, we could totally yeah. trade rape stories. Um, uh, I. Rape panel is what you can call this episode. Oh my God. Let's just, yeah, let's just, I think we should just all go out on the road. I think we found our rape panel. What about like fuck the vagina monologues? Yeah, fuck the vagina monologues. I can't even say. I love my vagina. I love my vagina. That's the thing. Your power comes from your vagina. The fuck yes, it does. And we'll get to that. But I want to hear, I want to hear your rape story. Well, what's interesting though is to me is that you've, I love that you've done this. You've, um, found like some sort of amazing narration of what maybe your molester like you were saying he he is it he she let's just leave it it was a person this person i didn't want to assume that you kind of narrated that it was this mean angry thing right which is so it's interesting because i've never stopped to think what was my guy feeling Heather so, thinks about feelings and yeah. this is the thing everything she does is feeling that's, and I'm just gonna that's say your this fucking empathic thing it is look it's coming She's, back to you're literally trying to identify that person's journey through what happened which is so interesting because with my with my first rapist yeah I I yeah I have a right, few as well right right everyone right we the, the, this guy yeah my Oh, Heather. She's only Heather got two one. Only has one. Oh, lame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with my first, um, it was interesting because I mine was a long term four year date rape with this guy. That's fun. That was fun, and yeah. he may not have been my first, but he's the one I remember. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. We'll go. We'll go with that. Yeah. Thanks. So I'll much drink for, to that. I'll drink to that. Thank you, Heather, for pouring <laughs> me more uh, wine. So, um, and I never stopped to think, why was he doing it to me? Mm. And so you brought up something that, like, I was like, that triggered me. Going, oh, I never narrated his journey. And how old were you? Fourteen to eighteen. Okay. All high school. Four okay. years of high school. Okay. And can you and. And I'm just going to ask you for this, you know, 
partially because like I also have like a lot of young women that listen to this podcast. Um, that do or don't? That do. Oh. Um, that listen to this podcast and, um, you know, I've gotten like a few messages where I've talked about very personal things that they've identified with and, mm-hmm. and have been so grateful that I've shared. And I don't know why, but I, I felt like it was important um, if you feel comfortable enough sharing. Sure. You know, what did that look like for you? Like, what did that start out as? What did that well, look like? I totally open it up. It's interesting. So I write for um, an online mother's magazine called Real Mom Daily. And I, for some, I was like, had a really tough time trying to figure out what my next topic was going to be. And then I decided, and I had told you guys the story about my daughter. Yes. Mm-hmm, that triggered this thing. And then I wrote an article about it and it hasn't been posted yet because it's not out yet. But, um, so I really am proud of what was interesting is now coming back as a mother mm. and touching back on. So, okay. So if I'm, if I've been raped, how do I educate my children and protect my fucking daughter from this happening and make my son not be someone who date rapes or rapes or categorize whatever you want. But like, cause sometimes I wonder if maybe this guy, um, who was my four year boyfriend, his name is Adrian. Sometimes I wonder if he was totally knowing what he was doing. And I'm not trying to like give him some innocence in it, but I, I mean, Yes, he was traumatized as his own child, right? Mm-hmm. And he was abused in, and I'm sure, many, many different ways. Mm-hmm. And he was... Interesting Is it interesting timing? We've been, talking, we've been talking about this all evening, so oh. it's just funny. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, well, you know, all the, all the coincidences, you know how that goes. So, um, I was 14, he was 17 years old, and he was a senior and I was a freshman. And I look back on it and I think... I really felt ugly. I really felt unpopular. I had been bullied in elementary and junior high, and I was never the smartest kid. I was never the, never that pretty. I was never... I didn't get the lead in the plays, and all I wanted to do was be an actor. And I never won anything. Like, I just always... And, and I was surrounded by my closest friends, my, my girl group were were those people they were they were the ones who got the leads and i was at a big public school so like i hung with the crowd and i felt always less than Mm. and and they rightfully got the parts they were completely talented and smart and blah 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 blah. so i really truly was like not as good at that time like legitimately and so when we got to high school um the one guy that paid attention to me was a senior and I was like, oh my God, someone's paying attention to me. It was, it was as simple as that. Will yeah. anyone, and I feel like ridiculous saying the cliche of, will anyone love me? But like, I really was like, thank God someone picked me. And will you go, well, well, wait a second. Will you go, will you give like a brief backstory? Of, yeah. Of Which your, of... <clears throat> meeting this guy no and oh. also just like your life in general because i think that like that's okay. that's important in the sense of how you grew up and you can talk about it in a very general way if you desire um and 
and all of that good stuff. Because again, like you spoke to something that I feel is very, very, very important and often overlooked and minimized Hmm. um, in the sense of, will anyone love me? Right. And that I, that, that feeling of really desiring to be received fully, completely, um, and though you and I had very different experiences growing up, I feel like um, a lot of the feelings are are similar in in the sense of um, the emotional abandonment, mm-hmm. all of that other, all that jazz. But you know what's interesting? I feel like with or without the childhood abandonment, mm-hmm. right? Which I have categorically like, mm, yeah, they left. They yeah. completely chose other things over me, like yeah. black and white. I actually wonder if all well-adjusted families, if that's just a human trait and a fear of safety. Is, is that ultimately, at the end of the day, the deepest human fear is are we worthy? Right. And love is conditional. We think love is conditional. Religion teaches us this and our parents teaches us this. Our parents teaches us. Our parents teach us this. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, you, and so deep down the deepest wound for most people is, am I worthy of love? And this is why things like cults, this is why things like even the military runs this way. All these things run this way. Abusive relationships run this way. You are unlovable, but I love you. You know, it's the same thing in every like you take the military, you take an abusive boyfriend. It's the exact same mentality, um, or abusive girlfriend. I'm not going to generalize. <laughs> anyway, and and for me as a parent, and reflecting on all this, and going, what can and I think this so often with my kids? Today was one of them, is making them feel safe. Because I actually feel like you take the word "I love you" away from it, because. As we are the pure form of like, so I have a six-year-old and a nine-year-old, which is just like, I'm going to say it's the best ages in the world. I just want to hang out with them. You you should just come over to hang out. Yeah, for sure. They are so much fun. They they are the most pure. (sighs) They're amazing. Because you love them as they are first. And and like, that's just the most important thing. Nicole, you're again, no bullshit. Not trying to be like, you have to do this and you have to do that. It's just like. This is fucking Tegan and this is fucking Finn. They're just, they're crazy. But so what I try to do, it's interesting. So Finn, so, so my word with my kids that I didn't feel when I was younger was safe. Yes. That's my word that resonates with me. Separate from hierarchy of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I put at my top safety. Amen. Same. Okay. Exact. Over all of it. Yes. And even when my kids think I'm mad at them, I don't want them to be scared of me, yes. which I have been, I have been scary. And so I will take responsibility and say, I'm totally flawed and I regret all those moments and that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but so my son calls me, to, the nurse calls me today. And by the way, when my cell phone rings nurse, which I have it programmed on, which is with my kids once a week. Uh, they, I'm, and so the nurse calls and, and she always goes, hi, is this Finley's mom? And I always just want to be like, no, I'm in Europe. You've reached the answering machine. Keep the kid. I'm not taking off work to pick him up. 
Uh, so I would say, no, you've reached the wrong number. And she's like, no, I can tell your voice and you're a human. <laughs> and she's like, and I'm like, hi, Heidi. <laughs> God damn it. And she's like, Finn hit his head. And now he's saying that he, he can't go back to class. And no joke on Monday. What's today? Wednesday. Two days ago, he was dizzy. Okay. After a fire alarm. And I was like, Heidi, he either has a crush on you. Or he just just wants to come hang out with me, right? Yeah. So she goes, well, I think he's okay to go back to class, but we have to call technically because it's a hit on the head and concussions, yada, yada. So will you just, if you want to keep him here, that's fine. Will you just talk to him? Yeah. And this little guy gets on the phone. And by the mm-hmm. way, you hear your kids all the time, but when they're on the phone, they sound so much younger. Yeah. It's like a little <laughs> baby voice. And it's the cutest thing I ever heard. And I can, I can hear his throat because I've asked him sometimes when he's sad, where does he feel it? Yes. Uh which oh I think God. is interesting. Identify a body part of where do you feel it? And my, cause I, when I'm sad, I know I feel it in my throat. Yeah. I can't talk. Are you, are you feel it in your throat? I literally had had half yeah. of my thyroid taken out because I would, I wouldn't allow myself to feel. And the minute that I started to feel it something, it was like strangulation it would clench because yeah. like mm-hmm. I, I was swallowing my feelings and yeah. I was choking on them. Literally I was choking on my feelings. Correct. So I do the same thing. And so I'll sometimes say to my child, where do you feel your, your, your feelings right now? And they'll say in my tummy mm-hmm. the other day it was in my heart. And I could tell that he, when he can't talk, he feels it in his, in his throat. Oh and so he started to tense up and cause he heard my voice and now all of a sudden it made him, he wanted to go home. He wanted to be with me, which by the way, total turn on. Cause I'm like, always ready to drop everything and pick that kid up and be like, let's hang out and do a ditch day. But I'm like, no. Um, so he goes, mommy, mommy, can you, can you come get me? I hit my head. And I real, I was like, well, I know he doesn't need to come home, but I know he wants me. Yeah. And I thought the trigger word for me was, I need to make him feel safe. Mm. And I said, Finn, Today is special effects after school day. I, I, we bought a after school class. He wants to make movies. I said, today's your special day. It's Wednesday. He goes, oh, that's right. But I just want to be with you. Oh. I know. And I went, no, hard for me to say no, right? Like I have not, there's nothing on the planet more than I should. I, it's all I want to do is be with this kid. And so I said, you know what? I tell you what, I'll make you a deal. If you go to that class. It gets out exactly at four o'clock. I will be stay. I'll leave work early and you'll see me at the end of class right before it gets out at three fifty nine. You could look at the clock and you could look out the door and I'll be standing right outside. If I promise you that I'll be there at that time, are you okay to go back to school? And it was only one thirty. Yeah. Right. And, he, and I heard in his little throat and he went, okay, okay, mommy. And then literally hung up the no! phone. And I heard like Heidi being like, wait, okay. (laughs) Um, but I, I got there and I, I left work early and I was like, okay, it's 348 and I ran and I parked and I, I like literally, I was like, I'm going to make sure that no matter what, when that clock strikes, because I, I, I thought the worst thing a parent can make a kid feel is that they, they lied and that they're not safe. They're not not dependable. They're not there yes. they didn't show up yes yes and that was it don't believe them that they don't yeah. believe them that the kid lied like yeah. that when you just said that when the parent lied oh, that the parent lied of course yes but also when a kid says they don't feel well and a parent's reaction is you're fine 
you're telling the child they're not allowed to have feelings. Their feelings aren't valid. You know best. Versus, oh, yeah, I can tell. But, man, it's your thing. Let, let me tell you what. If this were the case, could you do it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like putting the ball back in their court and saying, how do you feel knowing X, Y, and Z? And the feelings speak for themselves. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, mommy, right? Mm-hmm. And it, again, like it's really just everyone must respect, allow, and validate another human's feelings and never try to diminish or hijack those things. So it felt good. And when I picked him up, it was so cute because I saw him across the room. And he's in this little class and the teacher's teaching. And I could tell that he was like, and he looked and he saw me. And that light, he he, ju- his, he physically jumped for joy. The purity of a kid of going, she's here. You know, but then he respectfully waited for the teacher to excuse them, which was, you know, yeah. two minutes later. Yeah. And he ran out and he just, he was so happy. And I squeezed his little hand and we were walking. I said, I promised you that I'd be there. You know, I showed up. And that was all I needed to say. And mm-hmm. I thought, but these are the moments, yes. right? Yes. Of like, let the unconscious storage bag that I'm funding and fueling, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. So that he thinks a human is dispendable. My mom was there for me. I can count on, I'm safe. I'm safe. She said it. It was it. So back to sexual abuse. Yeah. And Andre. Yeah. And everything. Adrian. 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 Sorry. Adrian. Yeah. Who, by the way, my theory is if I can't find him on Facebook, he's either dead or in jail or hiding from people. Mm. And he's not on Facebook. So he could have been all of those three at some point. Um, So I met him my freshman year in high school and um, he was very good friends with the nice popular smart guy uh mickey who i later married uh but the nice popular the the nice guy he was so popular everybody loved him but instead i went for the you know six foot four he was also very huge i was four foot ten yeah he was giant um and he never graduated high school he was um dealing a lot of acid and Mm -hmm. marijuana Mm -hmm. growing in his closet. And so I was like, perfect. That's perfect for me. Yeah. 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 That seems about right. Yeah. Um, and he asked me out. So I, I said, yes. Yeah. And I remember he was so big and I felt like he was so cool and someone was finally picking me Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. early on, like making out, like felt really exciting. And I had, I'd kissed one other boy. I had yeah. French kissed one other boy in eighth grade. And yeah. now this was my second French yeah. kiss in ninth grade. Yeah. And very quickly he was like, you know, other girls want to be with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I know they do. Cause I know there's this other girl who wanted to be with him. Um, and he was like, so, you know, other girls who are older, like they, they would give head. And I was like, well, then I guess I should do that. And he was like, you should do that. And I'll teach you. And I was like, great. Uh, win, win. Uh, yep. <laughs> And, and so what I thought was normal, like sex ed with a older boyfriend, uh, and what I thought, and, and this is where I feel like that framework of like, what's normal, what's not like, yeah. he liked it violent, mm-hmm. but if I had no idea mm-hmm. that that was, I had nothing to compare it to. Yeah. And he was like, we would put his hand on the back of my head and just 
take my head and slam it. And I was constantly throwing up in his lap. Always. It would, I mean, you, I was gagging and he would hear me gag for a while, which would slam my head down more. Like it would, it would pick up the speed, you know? And so as soon as I started like, it like would get him closer to orgasm. And then he would shove my face all the way down in his crotch and he would, the semen would choke. It was, and he was so big. He was, he was very large penis and it was shooting in the back of my throat and I would just completely barf all over him. So he would literally be coming and I would be throwing up all over him. Oh my God. I know. And I was ruining every location we were in. By the way, like I remember going, there is like trauma. Forget my trauma. I was ruining this car seat and like this upholstery. Oh, I kept thinking. I was like, there's pieces of shrimp, like stuck in crevices of your car. We're never gonna get out. Like, there's no car wash that is gonna get the depth of like that sizzler. (laughs) The sizzler was big back then, and um. And there was my carpet in my bedroom. So I used to just, he'd come over. My mom, they knew I'd lock the door and he would be like, come on, let's do this. And I'm like, I don't feel like it. And he was like, well, <laughs> not a choice. Yeah. And and then obviously, like, sometimes he'd want that. Sometimes he'd want sex. And the sex was so dry and so violent. Oh. That after all sex, I would just go to the bathroom and there was just blood. Blood. Just blood yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Always blood. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. four years of this, and I literally was like, I mean, I guess that's how this goes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is that weird to think yeah. that I was... Well, I didn't have that, but I certainly had the... I didn't understand that my nose... Nothing. Sorry. I don't know why I thought she was peeing really fast. Oh. No. <laughs> no, Tagalong was just standing up. Hi, Nenea. Um, No, but that's the thing. And this is an important, I think, point to that story is your first experience. And, you know, I had had... I'd had something similar in the sense that I was regularly, consistently, constantly like, no, I don't want to, or like, no, your mom's right upstairs, or no, like, X, Y, Z. The point is, I don't need to add an X, Y, or Z. I said no, right? And then your brother's standing right there. Come on. So what? And then just like, you know, like, to not be... To not understand that that's not a loving experience, that you are not, your feelings, your clear apprehension, your clear lack of enjoyment is not taken into consideration, is, like, that's the really disturbing part of young sex young relationships because yeah I mean same thing I was with somebody all through high school started dating at 14 um all throughout and you know cert- I certainly had other things 
influencing the fact that I was constantly like, no, I don't want to touch you. I mean, I was gay, but I didn't know that. And so, yeah, I mean, just, it was, it was an after school every, it was an after school occurrence every single day, almost of your brother's right there. I don't care. Suck my dick or I don't care. I mean, there were times where it was like, you know, I'd be crying and it'd be like either like get on my penis right now or get out of the car or do this or, and I'd be like, what do you mean? And then literally be shoved out of a fucking vehicle that was like one of those old school Broncos that you had to like step up into. Do you know what I mean? Like the, all of it. I mean, those are my rape stories. There's more particular ones, but that's essentially it. Relationship-based, too. Like, a relationship can do it, too. Yeah. And I remember not totally knowing it was as horrible as it was until yeah. flash forward. Yeah. I My freshman year in college, I start dating Mickey. You know, the popular guy. Who you're still with. Yeah, who I'm so married to. Wedding 15th wedding anniversary yeah. 21 years together so back in freshman year of college uh we start dating and i told him the literally on the first weekend we were together i was like so i don't give blowjobs i've decided after all that because my th- back of my throat was bruised bruised it was always black and friends a friend of mine had seen it was like what's wrong with your throat and i was like what's wrong with my throat and i ran to the mirror this was that freshman year and i saw in the mirror that I had a black throat because it was so, you know, yeah, beaten up. So I, so I told Mickey, I said, so I'm never going to give you a head. It's just, I'm just going to put that on the table. Like if that's what you need. And he was like, I don't ever need that. That's no problem. <laughs> he totally needs that. But back then he was like really into me. And he was like, we'll totally skip over the head thing. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> and then, um, we waited to have sex for like three months, which felt like an eternity back when you're 18, 19. And then we started sleeping together when it was fun and everything was fine. And then it got to the point where it started getting intimate and, um, and there it was. So all of a sudden we're, we're having sex in my dorm room and he says to me, and he's holding my hands, which by the way, felt weird. And I remember thinking, do you, you know what I mean? So he's holding my hands and I thought that was weird. Like it felt really intimate Mm. and that, and then he said to me, Nicole, open your eyes. At which point I realized, oh, I didn't know all my life. I've closed my eyes. Yeah. And then I remember thinking, oh, that's weird. And then I couldn't open them. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, like cemented. Yeah. Glued shut. Glued shut. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he must, whatever moment happened, happened. And he was like kissing me, which now all of a sudden he's holding my hands. He's kissing me. And he goes, Really sweetly, he's like, open your eyes. Yeah. And he said it again. And all I could do, I started, like, I had a full-blown a panic, panic attack. attack. Yep. And, and I was like, get off, get off, get off of me, get off of me, get off of me. And I started shaking. Yeah. And I got, like, those shivers you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And yeah. I had complete, com- like, throbbing convulsions. convulsions. Yeah. Fully physically. And I don't know if I said do this or he did this on his own. He started wrapping me in a cocoon with blankets to almost like warm me up and to, I needed to not be naked. 
I couldn't be seen. I couldn't be, I didn't want any touching and I was fully needing to be completely closed and I didn't know what was happening. I started like gagging. Yeah. Does that happen to you physically? Oh my God. I, yeah. yeah. So this gagging, this whole thing and I couldn't believe it. And I remember like wanting to apologize to him. Yes. I'm so sorry. Yes. I don't know what's going on. This isn't you. Don't feel bad. <laughs> like it got so fucking complicated. And and I'm I'm nineteen. I'm nine, eighteen, nineteen years old. Like I didn't know what was going on, and I just yeah. and all that was when I was like something triggered some memory that I hadn't realized was fucking horrible. Yes, I remembered that your mind didn't, and that's what Heather describes all the time. And thank God it was fucking Mickey. Just like you have. Thank God it was fucking it's Heather. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this this person who was like, so I'm going to safe space this for you. Yes. And somehow know how to like, because I didn't know what to do. And Keep he didn't know you what to safe. Do. Keep me. It's that safe word yes. again. Yes. And a flash total blur happened so many times that he was like, Hey, are you comfortable if we go to the Santa Monica Rape Treatment Center? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What?" Like the, it was, it was almost a disconnect. And I was like, "Wait, is that what this, this is? is?" Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that's what this is. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. and he was like, "I'll go with you." Yeah, we will. I, I, or I will not go with you. Yeah. What do you? What do you need? And I'm not even joking. It's a blur. And we went for a while. Yeah. We did individual, apparently, he remembers better than I do. We did individual counseling and we did together counseling for some amount of time. And I came out on the end of it and you started giving head. And I, and I give, <laughs> I give mediocre head. I give me, I, I used to always say like, I give the best head. And he'd always be like, who are you talking about? <laughs> mediocre <I'm>, at best. <laughs> um, I, I I didn't mean to joke there. No, I um, love it. Um, at yeah. at the punch, at the deflect. Yeah. Um. So it was a blur. It was a blur. But I don't know. I and I'm going to be honest with you. This is what's great. Is so. Let's flash forward 21 years later with the same person and being exclusive this whole time, and having two kids and having two babies and yeah. and and being someone who didn't orgasm until I was 19. And and discovering it on my own. And Congratulations. Then, yeah, I know. I don't want to brag about it. <laughs> uh, I do recommend shower heads. I'm sure you've tried everything. I, I mean, yeah. Who hasn't? This woman. Yeah. But I'm going to say it's a testament, side note, just that in, a, in the most pragmatic, in the most like way imaginable, Heather has done every she you've become so clear with your feelings you know immediately if any touch any soft brush against your skin anything is that brings on this feeling this brings on that feeling just yeah but yeah she's i'm sure yeah and it's a lot better than like the reaction that like i used to have where literally somebody would I remember walking down the st- I was walking down York Avenue back home um I lived on 53rd between 1st and 2nd and I was on like 58th between 58th and 57th or between 57th and 56th and just 
walking down the street, it's nighttime and somebody taps me on the shoulder and I turn around and swing. Hmm. That was your like instinct. my, yeah. l- my like turned around and almost clocked them in the face and they had to take a step back and it was somebody that I knew. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. my, anytime anyone touched me. But like fight or flight. Yeah. Like yeah. literally yeah. if somebody touched me or bumped into me and even if I was in the quote unquote safest space, mm-hmm. I, I startle sometimes when I'm zoned out. really zoned out and like whatevs, but like I used to startle all the time and it was either I would startle with a fist or, um, yeah, it was, I'm grateful that that part of my life is Mm -hmm. primarily over, but Mm -hmm. cut to now 21 years later, same love of your life, two children. And it's been interesting because I feel like our sex life has gone through some really interesting, and I wonder how other if anyone were to be really honest after being with someone for 20 years, you know where their sex has gone in that space. And I remember, so we got married at year six of being together. And I thought that was right after, like literally like I remember thinking on the honeymoon, you know, this is getting good. Mm. I feel more open at this moment in my life. And so I was married at 25 and I feel like that's probably a pretty good age for like sexual, you know, whatever. And we had gone through the rape treatment center and I was, you know, whatever. And now we were married and I felt like incredibly connected Mm -hmm. and that, that safety net of feeling married kind of did something for me. I think not to say like you have to be married or you don't cause I, you know, whatever. But for me, safe is safe is safe is safe. It felt safe. Like he was my guy. Yeah. It was an added layer of safety and I felt connected in a new way that relaxed me sexually so i felt like we had a nice little peak at that point and i started getting into like feeling comfortable in lingerie and like Mm -hmm. feeling pretty like Mm -hmm. that was a nice space to be in for the first time in my life yeah pretty yeah and um and then it we had some good sex for like a good four or five years probably there and then it then pretty then we had the kid the first kid and I felt really I couldn't lose the weight and it was like it's a very big deal I don't know if any of your listeners are post baby the the in someone who wants to be perfect and feel skinny this was like the losing my body was traumatizing after having my kid it was really big anyone who suffered with any eating disorders body image stuff this really fucked with me and I was like super adamant about breastfeeding which for me some people lose weight with breastfeeding it kept my hormones at a high that kept my weight on yeah and I was 30 pounds to 20 pounds heavier than I ever was and I felt disgusting Mm. so then I didn't feel like I could be sexual for a really long time yeah and I felt really bad and then when I first started having sex again after having a baby I thought he was it was I thought he was raping me with a knife Like my body was traumatized by the birth and it was kind of a messy labor. And so even three, six months later, I, it was, it was really painful. So if any, anyone's like, that's normal. And then at some point, I don't know what it was, but like, I'm not joking. As soon as that passed, I'm thinking about a year after having the baby, my body started to normalize again. I wasn't breastfeeding at the year point with my, after my first kid and the hormones took another six months to drop. And my body weight started to finally like go yeah. like a little bit closer to where I was. I started feeling better again. 
and I'm not joking, but loosening up my vagina from having a baby has made it so that I fit with my husband better. Are you saying I should have a baby? I'm saying you should totally have a nine pound baby (laughs) because (laughs) my love, we can like pick any sizes or shapes. I know that is like that. (laughs) That is the fucking truest. But no, but it has to come out. It has to come out, not just go in. This thing came out. It, it resized me. It reshaped me. And I didn't know this before. Mickey's pretty big. Um, <laughs> he, he was too big for my vagina. Yeah. And to be completely honest, after having my first kid, I loosened up and he fit. And I get wet now instantly. <gasps> and I used to actually be pretty perpetually dry. Yeah. I didn't know that either, but I almost feel like it was like an un- having a kid unblocked, like a like a a nook or no, a cranny. I, I mean that <clears throat> it's really weird. Just like the like source of of female uh, moisture. But, what, what would I call it? Female like wetness, aroused, like arousal, female arousal that creates the the moisture. Like that, that like was happened to be blocked, and then the pregnancy is just like a waterfall. But you know, I'll like I'll tell you a few things that like are really quite interesting about every single thing that you just said. Um, I appreciate that you think anything was interesting because I'm like I'm boring you so much. Are you this. fucking kidding? I'm worried. I'm totally boring. Yeah, dude. I I a don't feel that way at all. B, I feel like this is probably the most intense episode I've had. Ooh. And well, most for sure intimate, which is crazy because all of your episodes are intimate. Yeah. This yeah. is super fucking intimate. Well, thank you for letting me be a part of that. Well, <clears throat> I receive that and and I say... I don't want to say you're welcome because that doesn't feel honest. Um, like, I feel like this like episode is meant to be for whatever reason. Completely. Um, and I receive your honesty and I thank you for your honesty, um, and willingness to be vulnerable and intimate, um, as well. You know, like, uh, fuck it. Like who really gives a fuck? Um, I'm not even drunk or stoned. (laughs) Um, But I know that like my, so what I'm, what I am working with now Mm -hmm. is a somatic, uh, sex healer. And I talked about it briefly, like when I was doing the podcast with Gabby Dunn, um, you know, but it's essentially that trauma, blah, 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 you know, um, physiologically it affects the brain, it affects everything, right? Cells, whatever. Google it. There's so much information. Anyway, um, I know that the point and the origin of my trauma is my cervix. I love that you've said that. To, this is the second time you said the word. Yeah. And by the way, I took note of it the first time because I thought... I don't even know what the fucking cervix is. And I had a baby and I remember them being like, when your cervix is 10 centimeters. And I was Dilated. Like, what the fuck is that? But, and all my only relationship with it is, as somebody who hasn't had a child and somebody who doesn't have sex trauma with my cervix, what I'm going to say is, <laughs> is that it's... <laughs> Are you laughing because I said with my cervix? Yes. That was just it like... It was so funny. It was cute. It was specific. Well, because uh-huh. I want to say like, 
fuck dudes, but not all dudes. I I love all my just guy the friends. Rapists. Just just the abusive, yeah. rape fucks. Yeah. Um. Now, rape fantasy fucks are a different thing. Anyway, yeah. side note. <laughs> Let's uh, go back. The the cervix for me, somebody who doesn't have what you two have, so that you can put it in like a full perspective, is a it's the thing that the moment when you go to the gynecologist and the speculum thing opens it up ugh, and it's what hurts sometimes if your period is almost um done and you start to you know when you poke it up the the when the tampon goes up and yet it's and you hit the cervix yeah because it's not there's not enough it's it's on like the last day but you know you need one more and like <laughs> it's on its last legs it's on its last legs <laughs> And it just feels like, and it hurts. Like that's the pain thing. Like, and that's what the speculum opens is the cervix. And so, like that to me is always like, I, I that that it it is the I think I think the, and I don't know this, but I would imagine based on my personal feelings, and I bet if we looked it up, that the cervix probably holds more nerve cells mm-hmm. than I bet you the clitoris. The quote-unquote G-spot and the um, cervix. Like, I bet those three areas. And what's interesting is the cervix tends to the pain. It's very sensitive to pain. It's very triggering. It's, it's, you know what I mean? I wonder if that was my knives after the birth. Because it felt like the the knives. I mean, that's when I say that I feel like I got raped with glass. Right. Because when you said that, you triggered me into remembering this traumatic post yeah uh part of the sex yeah yeah uh, and i and i literally when he was trying to be so sweet and so gentle and like and that's that I started screaming knives and that's and and that's also i feel like in in moments what can make it worse and that's something i wanted to ask you about hmm. um <clears throat> you know because you brought up something that was very interesting to me um So until I was with Heather, Mm -hmm. I apologize for talking about you like you're not here. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about me like I'm not here. And and you know what? And I also want to know, want you to say, um, to clarify that like, it's not like you don't need to say anything like at my, like to to protect or to like, I mean, I'm in this very intimate relationship. So I know all the details. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know. I like it's. Yeah, no, 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 no. I know, I know, and it's not that. Like, what I really was going to say is that you'd brought up something interesting in terms of when you were with Mickey, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And you said it was getting intimate, Mm -hmm. and you hadn't used that word with um, Adrian Mm -hmm. because there was no intimacy. Yeah. So for me, sex and love were two completely different things. Mm -hmm. They never happened at the same time. You know, sex and intimacy were also just as foreign in regards to there was never a loving intimacy during sex, ever. 
Um, because love means vulnerability and I had never really allowed myself to feel vulnerable before. So in the experience then, like, you know, having the MDMA experience, having that whole thing, like, and then also speaking of like the cervix, I literally had an image, um, when I had that experience where I like saw the inside of my vagina Mm -hmm. and it was like filled with cobwebs and it was almost, it was like very dully lit and it was, there was, um, this, like that thing that would like um, prevent a drain pipe from leaking everywhere, like a cap or something. Mm-hmm. Like a flat, mm-hmm. no, but it was literally pictured as thing that I know that nobody that is listening can see my hand movements. Um, like a guardrail, like it was holding it in place? Yeah, like it was holding it in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Like, yeah, like, hold on. I'm like intuitively feeling like if this is actually something that like I really desire to share. And it's actually not. It's something that like I don't. Okay. Um, I will say this though, that um, <clears throat> when my body actually felt safe enough to quote unquote de-thaw, Mm-hmm. to allow myself to feel mm-hmm. it wasn't just the quote unquote positive lovey things that, um, I was then going to be having the experience of feeling. It was also getting to feel safe enough yep. to feel the other things that I hadn't felt safe enough to feel before. Yeah. Right. Um, and so especially like in terms of like the cervix and like all that stuff, like there have been moments where like it's been so soft and so gentle and so kind and so loving, like not that it, mm-hmm. you know, but like also like sometimes I, I want to fuck, yeah, exactly. you know, like. But, like, those moments especially where it's, like, kind and sweet and, like, so loving Mm -hmm. and so intimate. And it's literally, like, a touch. And it's specifically, like, when it's, like, the cervix. Mm -hmm. Because I feel so relaxed that, like, as soon as it hits, it's, like, um. And so it's the experience of, and I'm curious, like if you've had a similar experience in mm-hmm. regards to the more that you quote unquote de-thaw, yeah. um, that almost like the more gentle and loving it is, mm-hmm. the more painful it is because it's the safer that you feel in order to be able to have the other end of that 
experience that you that you couldn't fully feel an experience beforehand, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, it's interesting. I feel like there was a very large chunk of years mm-hmm. where when it would get super beautiful, mm-hmm. I would burst into tears. Yeah. And it took a very long time. Yeah. I felt like to like, and even now I can go, Oh, I'm, I don't cry anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And did you feel guilty when you cried? Yeah, that's why I was always like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's not you. you yeah. Know, yeah, it was yeah. this whole, yeah. you know. Um, and were you afraid that he was going to get mad at you also then about like being sorry? Like, you know what I mean? All of it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Apologizing for apologizing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Apologizing for ruining <laughs> it. You know, like the whole, it was yes. it's so Yes, because now I've. That being the nature of a woman anyway. Yeah. And then throw in the sex complications yeah. and knowing like, and especially in a heterosexual relationship where you like are trained and like it's hammered into you, like how important sex is for a man and da, 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 da. And then you just like the layers and, but even still just how important sex is in general, because you know, you have the same experiences, but it's just wild because that's how a woman feels anyway. And let add that to the mix. Like, well, at least did you come? <laughs> I mean, like, forget, yes. my, forget my crying. Did you yes. at least? Are you satisfied? Thank are God you okay? He's a premature ejaculator. <laughs> but see, like, that's the thing, right? Is that this where, you know, and I can't I'll believe just... we're, I can't believe we're going like so balls deep here tonight. So literally ladies like, balls deep, but like, <laughs> but here's the deal. And I'm just going to say this as, as the, cause like, you know, I, I had an experience where I was like, Oh, like they, they both have this like shared, like, like trauma. Am I subtracting from their conversation? And then I'm like, no, because this is why it gets to be, this is why my (laughs) two cents (laughs) are feeding the thing is this, is that as the, as a partner of someone who's had trauma like this, I can say that I'm really bad. I'm bad for all. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. (laughs) I mean, sorry. That's just the thing, right? Is that (laughs) Uh, she's just going off my sudden. Sorry. No, 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 no. I do want to, I do want to hear what you have to say. This is what I was going to say is that going from being, so I can say on behalf of like a lot of people, if you're listening and your partner has any sort of sex trauma and you're, and you are trying to find the best way to navigate and whatever. But the point is this, is that, you know, they both talked about apologizing. Both of you ladies discussed the sorries and the instantly feeling like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, and I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Like, it's just a vicious circle. Like, the truth is this, is that, you know, I've had more orgasms from Heather than I've ever had from any human ever. And we've haven't even been together a year and it's coming up. It is coming up. And you know, and that has a lot to, to, and that's just being mentioned for this reason only in that it's not the times that I, I don't even think of that. I'm so accustomed to not having that be a thing. Um, not that that would 
make a difference, even if I was accustomed to a similar experience that we're having, like a lot of times, like the experience of sex itself is the, is the point of pleasure is the, it's the experience of it and somebody not like you, why would you have sex if you hadn't had orgasms if it wasn't if there wasn't a desire if there wasn't and like you know so it's just that thing where it's it doesn't take away from because nicole you were like well did you at least come like <laughs> like the thing is is that that doesn't make or break the fucking experience ever and i guess that's really just what i wanted to say I no listen. <laughs> like your Heather, mm-hmm. my Mickey is so fucking selfless and so in love that they are okay with our experience. And that permission, back to the word permission that they've given us to relax enough and be okay with it and feel safe enough and feel safe enough. And I say to anyone who is, and I know I don't have the worst story. I don't, I don't, that's not, I don't, I have this, this medium blend of rapes competition. This is the thing, right? It's not, it doesn't matter because listen, it's the worst you've experienced. So somebody could have been raped 10 million different ways. There's, their ceiling and you had that's your ceiling and so you both have the ceiling i feel like i could have had it worse i really could have but um but but that being said i want to say that and i would give this hope to my younger self back when i had to be wrapped up in the blanket and was shivering and freaking the fuck out yeah that i'm with that person who i am able to feel so safe with and our sex life has transcended yes. space and time. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing. Yeah. I feel so lucky to partner with him sexually. Yeah. So like totally we had our big and we had an anniversary. Oh, no, no, no. I had my 40th birthday after my party. He took me on a surprise trip (gasps) and I, and I, and he did a wonderful thing. And I said, I'm going to make one request. Yeah. He's a writer. Write me something. Yes. Yes. Which is not in his wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, and you have to sometimes say like, I need this in this relationship. You don't need to do it every birthday or anniversary. I'll take one every 10 years. Yeah. But like, write me something. Yes. Right. Yes. And I'm not joking. So we got to this beautiful place. We went to like Carmel or Monterey or whatever that gorgeous piece of land is, is, you know, wherever big little lies was filmed. (laughs) That's where I wanted to be. And, and he gave me this like 12 page single space, 10 font letter. (gasps) Oh my God. And at midway through, of 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 the beauty of kind of tracing our history and our relationship and whatever he actually and this was the first time he'd ever done this he decided to talk to me about how much he loved he's i can't believe i'm gonna reveal this i'm like getting hot (laughs) (laughs) he was like i love your pussy Uh, yeah and he went in it right it was beautiful and i and i like i literally i was like oh, let's, let's put this in writing 
And he, for for some good amount of pages, <laughs> he described how much he loved all of it and, and details. One years into the relationship, twenty one years. If you don't have this, <laughs> you ended up with the wrong person, right? And and I don't believe him. I don't know why anyone would want to be sucking on my pussy. <laughs> at all I don't get it at all it doesn't matter it doesn't matter I believe him yes. I believe him yes. he feels it and he's serious but you know what I would I would I would I would venture to say this I uh, Just go ahead. I, I'm so fucking in love with you <laughs> um she's not talking to me she's talking about her <laughs> you know but I, I would say this right <clears throat> I mean, because like, really, honestly, we could all die tomorrow. So who gives a fuck? Right. Um, Before Heather, Mm -hmm. I wasn't even connected with my pussy. Like it literally, it was like a separate entity. Like it literally... It was like a separate thing. Yeah. Like not connected to my beingness at all. Mm-hmm. Um, for like very valid reasons. Right. And what I've gotten to experience. And getting to have the experience of love and sex together Mm -hmm. is that there is a trust of and and a receiving where it's um like do you love his dick not as much as he loves my pussy okay i'll be honest well that <laughs> no no definitely not as well much. well and again you know, um, I think that there is something inherently beautiful about the vagina as a whole. You know, there is not a male version of Georgia O'Keefe. Right. Totally. There's and not. And I'm, I'm not, I mean, it's an attractive dick. It's just more like, I don't crave it in my face. Like he craves my pussy yeah. in his face. That's the, I think that's really the difference. I think that like, and I think women have been shamed not shamed, but we've been, our sexuality has been repressed for so long Mm -hmm. that heterosexual women often feel as if, um, like, and men make them feel like going down on them should be, I guess. You're really lucky. You're really lucky. Or even just ideas of like, oh, fishiness or like, like all these like ideas that are like brought to it when like, I will just say nothing on this planet, A, is more arousing then all of a sudden touching a woman 
and recognizing that she is aroused. Like, there is just something incredibly, like, you feel it all over your body. And then, and so when you see, like, a dude with a heart on, you don't have that same reaction. I, I hate to reveal too much about poor Mickey, who isn't here to defend himself, but <laughs> you sound like him because he'll, he, in, in legit, in, for real, I can make him come by being turned on. I don't have to touch him. I when, yeah. I'm pretty, I, I, I'm, I, I mean, sometimes it's ridiculously easy. Yeah. <laughs> so when I am super excited and he can tell, he just fucking comes, like in his pants. That's it. And all he's doing is pleasing me. He sees that I'm fucking if I if I if he sees me excited, he just fucking comes. It's amazing. Yeah, and you know what? And that uh, beautiful. And he's so beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. It's and but here's the here's the I mean, it's it's so beautiful in, in uh the most incredible incredible ways. <clears throat> and like I've read like probably every single fucking spiritual book there is to fucking read, you know, and I like fucking Christ, you know, and like read all that of one. <laughs> <laughs> like all of the books by that Mary by Mary Magdalene. Fucking Christ. By Mary Magdalene. That's good. Heather. Um that's that's a really <laughs> You can have that joke. You need to write that down. That's really good. Um, <laughs> um, you know, but there, there. That did. Are you be, are you taking on her laugh? I I might be because hers is so specific. Yeah, that sounds like mine a little bit. She's been doing it lately. It's ha 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 ha. Higher. It's I have to go higher. But anyways, go on. Um. <laughs> um and now i'm like self-conscious about my laugh spiritual books, spiritual yeah. books. but like no it's okay no but like spiritual books and like blah 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 and like people like getting together and like transcendence and like all this shit right i never connected with like another person that i was fucking mm-hmm. like never ever 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 um i hope none of your exes are listening to this i mean they know okay they they aren't been have they haven't been faked lied to. Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. I mean, I I totally completely <laughs> lied, but they also know that now, right? You know, because I like you have healthy relationships with most of those exes. You have healthy relationships. I I have healthy relationships with like the, the ex ones, that matters. Yes. Um, I hope the ones that aren't mattering aren't listening. To that. <laughs> well, what else? I doubt they are. Okay. Um, We're like four hours in. Like, no, who's left at this point? <laughs> like, for fuck's sakes. Um, you know, but... I'd like... I'd never actually really, truly, like, connected or or understood what that meant in terms of, like, getting lost in. Mm-hmm. Nor had I ever had the experience of losing myself in. You know, and recognizing that sex at least to me you know like in my experience and i feel like sex is such a base word just like god is such a base word Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> that it well that's the point right is that sometimes and i know like that this is the thing is that sex is the experiential uh it's literally like love experienced and like love in if in in its most unconditional way in its most vulnerable way in its truest way is the experience of God. It's remembering self. It's remembering. Yeah. Truth. And that's, and, 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 and that is what I like, think I found, you know, in the, in experiencing Heather's pleasure, I get to experience mine. Mm-hmm. And, and which I, I, I'd never had before. You know, because it was in the past, like my pleasure didn't matter because I wasn't feeling pleasure anyway. And it was almost like just this thing to do to get it done. Mm -hmm. So they came and they were okay and they were fine. And then we would go to bed, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, like and in those rare times that I was like, okay, my turn. Um, It was. uh, Yeah. Huh, huh, yeah, oh my God, uh. and faking it and having it be really fast so it could be over and we could go to bed. Yeah, um, I, know, I know that drill. And, and so getting to have the experience of like experiencing Heather's pleasure and feeling it and receiving it, and that I think is the biggest thing, is that it's the first time that I've ever received somebody sexually. And it's the first time that I feel as though I've ever been received sexually and that it's not like, okay, one person goes and then the other person like a fucking carnival ride, Mm -hmm. but that like it's simultaneous and it's That it's not like a give and receive, but it's, it's like for it's, me, it's really just receive. Yeah, like, it's poor, literally. The poor guy probably gets nothing from it. No, but no, but that <laughs> he loves that I just receive. See, but that's the thing, right? Because like as I receive Heather, like she receives me, right? Like I'm receiving her pleasure, and she then in turn is like receiving mine, and in receiving mine, which she by the way makes it pleasure. all feel pretty effortless. It's it, it it's the most right? beautiful fucking experience I've ever gotten to have in my life. And I feel that way though symbolically about the relationship outside of sex. Exactly. This has been when I and you say it all the time. I say it all the time. All the time. You're like you're like uh, he's just the best man. Like he's just yeah. the best. Like yeah. he's just the best. Yeah. Like he's the best man. Like yeah. 24/7. Nicole mentions her love for this man. And I'm going to vouch as a friend who, who like, like Mickey's the best. And you guys have something like fucking so beautiful. Like, and like, that's the thing is that, you know, when I was going through a time, right. Where I was getting divorced or where I told you that I was, um, had nothing that I was living a separate life from my ex and we hadn't realized it and XYZ whatevs. Um, lots of stuff in that XYZ whatevs. Um, but you know, your thing was you had said to me, 
I don't know what I would do if I couldn't share my passion for the creative for entertainment Mm -hmm. with my partner. I don't know what I would do. And this was somebody who like most married people tend to immediately cast judgment on someone Mm -hmm. for saying that they, this is, they're walking away from this marriage. You know what I mean? And you were just like, I'm going to tell you my experience. I once questioned this and then I like snapped out of it and thank fucking God. I don't know what I'd do. And like, yeah. And you and Mickey have that. You create together all the time. Anyway. But that's what I do. I thank you. And yes, I agree with myself. (laughs) Um, But I really do feel like when it's right, it's easy. Oh, fuck yeah. And that's the thing. It's like like it's not work. It's not work. I would. And I will say this. Once a year, I get into a crazy fight with him and Mm -hmm. I want to murder him. But I feel like once a year is pretty good odds. That's really fucking good odds. Yeah. And other than that, then I worship him. And with that, I feel like it's... And again, like you and like we haven't gotten into like a fucking fight, you know? Not yet. Um, but like with that too, right? Um, I don't know that we ever it, will though, to be honest. And only because, only because the truth is, is that you're so good on feelings that and and she's taught me to be too because i i'd never realized i had feelings <laughs> and like that's the sad thing right is that i had never when she was talking about being in her body and all the stuff i'm like wait a second and all of a sudden i started to listen to what my body was telling me what my instincts were telling me what my feelings were telling me and i've never done that and so you know the way that we navigate our relationship is the second something happens that is uneasy that creates a feeling of hold on it's addressed and sometimes it's that wasn't you but you know what it did it like made me remember this and now I get to have this learning experience or it's that made me feel this and it's oh shit I never desired to make you feel that way I can see how it did and you know and then you talk and you, and you work through and like whatevs but that's really the thing is that being so aware and so in touch with your feelings prevents then a reaction, right? Because fights are a reaction to always somebody gets pissed and it's without feeling it's, you don't know what your feelings are. You just are unleashing them. You know what I mean? Without looking at them anyway. And also just like react is like to act again, which means that like it's something that's happened in the past. And for me, And that I think is like something that's really important and it's something you and I talk about all the time and it's something that like I I talk about on this podcast, you know, where it's, you need to have the, I need to have the experience of forgetting sometimes in order to have the experience of remembering, you know, and again, we haven't been together for fucking 21 years, you know, um, and and also like my version of what fighting looks like mm-hmm. um, might be very different than what your version of fighting looks like, right? Um, my ex, the, the second that I would talk above a waspy whisper, say that five times fast. Right, you're like, whatever, like in New York, that's how we just communicate. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, what? that's, yeah. Um, 
it was considered yelling. Yeah. And um, then it was feeling guilty and shutting down even more and whatever the fuck. Um, and and for me, I just consider that passion. Funny. Like feeling safe enough. Yeah. To be like, God, like, what the fuck? Right. That's well, okay. it's really funny. It's cute because I remember Tegan was really, really little. But she was getting to the point where she was like figuring and navigating people's cues out. Is the dog farting? Mm-hmm. Oh no! We switched the food. Oh boy! Going back Dogs farting. Um, but she would say, "We Mickey and I would be sitting in the front seat. She'd be in the car seat, and we'd be talking passionately about something like blah 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 movie." And she finally she got to a point where she was old enough. She went, "Are you guys fighting?" <laughs> and I was so glad she asked. Yes, because I could say no, and I understand why you think that mommy and daddy are fighting. We're actually really agreeing yes. on this fucking asshole <laughs> who did this thing. Am I right? And she was like, oh, okay. But, and then it was interesting when I felt like Finn got to the age where he yeah. would start asking. And I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And so it's great. And it's good for them to be comfortable with loud volume. Yes. And passion. Yes. And discussion. And sometimes when we are really fighting and they'll go, are you guys fighting? I'm like, Yes. This is a fight and we will be okay, but your daddy's an idiot. This is how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Everything's fine. And you know what? And that I think like is the most beautiful thing too, right? Where what you're also getting to do is you're getting to create an environment for your children and also getting to the experience and environment for self. Yeah. Where... It's because it's a safe space, it's a sacred space. And because it's a sacred space, it's a safe space in regards to you feel comfortable enough to fight and to let that out. And I, and, and it's interesting because my parents, when they got divorced when I was nine, yeah. they hadn't fought in front of us. Yeah. So I felt really like the wool or the veil or whatever, something pulled out from under me, whatever that saying is. And so when they see us fight, I'm like, people are going to fight. Yeah. And, and they're going to make okay. up and it's okay. And yes. so, and then when she gets mad and I'll say things like, you know what? I need to be left alone. When I'm angry, do you need to be left alone right now? And she's like, "Yeah, I do." So, like, the processing is interesting. Yeah, it's 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 tre- teaching the awareness of what your feelings are and what is the best um, way to treat yourself in the moment of those feelings and respect them. Respect your feelings. Have your feelings. That's the thing too. Like, because I'll say, because I said, like, "Oh, we'll never fight." Like, no. Like, we've certainly had moments where, like, you know, we're like. <laughs> I like walked to the store once <laughs> and I didn't realize like how that would make you feel that I like left. Oh, but yeah. I just needed to like clear oh, yeah. my mind. Yeah. And it wasn't like a, I think I even like bought you like smokes and like a, like a Coke and like a Reese's maybe even too. But that didn't matter. Cause like I needed to like, just, I, I just, because my, and that's where I got to learn like my reaction in these situations is to run and shut down and all of a sudden just, um, focus on what I need to do for me. It's this, my survival technique is I got it. I'm in control again. I'm going to, right. And so I like walked out and was like, walked to the store, came back. And we ended up having like a productive conversation. And then she said, when you left, da, 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 X, Y, Z. 
And that was where you get to learn, thank God, like she knew what that feeling triggered and thank God I knew why I left. And so now we're in a, in a communicative, um, flow where whenever anything is uncomfortable, I get to say like, normally, like my instinct is to like fucking just go to bed right now. Like my instinct is to walk away and go to bed and shut down and shut down. Yeah. But I'm sitting here. Yeah. And I'm gonna, we're going to talk, you know what I mean? And like, and so we have those moments and I feel like that's also just women. You know what I mean? Like we'll talk about feelings. No, nope. we talk about, I'm, I know I'm, I'm just, that's saying, not true. Baby, all this whole podcast has been about feelings. <laughs> I know, point, but what I'm saying, but, but I'm when you just I, talking about like all women and like feelings, I, I like, had to deflect because I was know. getting intimate and I apologize. Heather's correct. It's true. She called me out. No, <laughs> it's not always like women don't it. It's this is a human thing. And at the end of the day, it's honoring feelings. It's allowing for feelings to be had. And, and what's beautiful is I've definitely heard you raise your voice. You've definitely heard me raise mine. Never to each other. Never. Sometimes at the same time, separately <laughs> about two different things. That are actually like, the same. That are actually the same. But it's <laughs> like, da 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 I love you. I love you. And it's just like letting the other person have their feelings. And, and experience. Experience them. Because what you look at disappears. Like you have to have them. When you suppress them you unleash them in other ways and unhealthy ways. Right. Anyway, I'm going to stop. Yeah. No, uh, I just yawned and I, I, that wasn't wasn't, okay. Um, but like, okay. So like, here's the deal. We're literally like two hours and 12 minutes and 16, 17, 18. But the only reason that we're wrapping it up is because, um, there's like a limited in terms of megabytes. Um, but I, I will say that, um, I, a want to do this again um like i really really do i feel like this is probably and of course like it's like the fucking like 30th podcast like the 30th 30th episode um like dirty 30s we're in the dirty 30s of the podcast um you know but i'm i'm so grateful that like both of you um were willing to be so intimate and be so forthright and again like when when nicole got here she was like so like you know what's the deal with this and i was like i don't know we like we have no idea what we're gonna end up talking about didn't see this one it didn't i didn't didn't either no and like that's the that's the beautiful thing i was gonna tell you that mickey loves my pussy Guys, loves fucking, it. And you got a twelve-page, single-space, ten-font letter to prove it. I remember those details. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm gonna look at Heather and say, "Huh?" In twenty years, don't forget I remember this fucking detail. No, listen, it's it's stored. You tell me every day. It's fine. <laughs> Literally, I, I pretty do much every day. I do. But that being said, side note, just want to say. You at the beginning of this podcast, Heather started by saying that Nicole oh, details about you and and we'd said like you were no bullshit and that's where people who are no bullshit that's this is where it leads. It leads to my podcast. Shut up and listen. Oh, that's where it leads. Um, you know, but like 
yeah, we we really need to do this again because I feel like there there needs to be like a part two or um, a continuation of this. And like, if you guys agree, just write in and and say yay or nay. Um, I don't have a release date of the article. Okay. But what, what's the name of the publication? Real Mom Daily. Real Mom Daily. Yeah. And do you have anything else that you want to No, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a bunch of articles that I've written on there that are, that are pretty vulnerable and, and interesting. Um, so if you go to Nicole Blame as an author on Real Mom Daily, you'll see some of my stuff. Um, well, listen, um, Nicole... And Heather, um, thank you for being on and, um, I'm so grateful we got to have this talk and, and to everybody listening, um, thank you again for, for tuning into another episode and, um, you know, uh, just to reiterate what I had said at the top of this episode, you know, if you like do some research. Don't just fucking donate to the Red Cross because nobody's going to get the fucking money. You know, um, there's like, look on Twitter, you know, fucking Google, um, those, those, um, organizations that are going to be able to actually utilize that money to be able to get basic necessities like food and water, um, to, to individuals in Puerto Rico that currently are, are without those basic fucking necessities because, um, who's in charge of the people's house right now is a, a fucking ass hat. Well, now I feel bad um, that I talked about how like using a shower head <laughs> was such a good idea and they don't even have water. Ooh. <laughs> Yikes! I mean, well, that, so that the, 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 privilege—that's your privilege, that's and, my privilege, and you don't have to feel guilty about that. Well, I'm gonna take a long shower tomorrow. Or white women, white women, <laughs> and stealing water everywhere. <laughs> and I would just say, like, just you know, like, if you feel so guilty, you know what you can do? Ship them my water. No, you know what you can do? Huh. Donate a couple of cases of water to flint michigan because even with this country enough in flint they still they still don't have clean water um and uh women in particular in terms of fertility rates from 2014 to now um in terms of like the health crisis that's going on in flint because they don't have a fucking thing that should be a goddamn motherfucking human right i.e fucking clean water um Nestle slash Coca-Cola with their bottled water companies. We talked about this when we were walking the other day where, you know, Cher did this beautiful thing. She donated like fucking 10,000 bottles of fucking water. But, you know, a city like Flint, Michigan probably has 200,000 people. I don't know how many. Yeah. And so it's like that can only do so much. It's gorgeous. Bless her heart. But you would think that the water company would set up, step up and say, we're going to double it. If you donate a bottle, we donate a bottle too. Like maybe they should hire. Or if you, yeah. Or if you like fucking like donate a bottle, we will donate ten. Um, we know you got the money, Nestle fucking Coca Cola. Never heard of them. Don't know what that is. Um, I don't know her. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but um, again, like guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening, Nicole, Heather. I I love you both so fucking much, and um. 
It was a really big deal to be here for me. So thank you for having me. Oh my me. God. And like thank fucking you. like catch Nicole Blaine. Like she like performs like West Side comedy like in LA and everywhere. She then she has so much fucking shit like I'll come to your house coming up. Um, like <laughs> I'm so excited for, for all of us to be quite honest. Um, pussy power. See Ooh. you next week. Thank Bye. You. Bye.